Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right, another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything in District 4, week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey, joined today by Scott Burton, a.k.a. Coach K. Uh, Again, if you're watching the video version of this uh, podcast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, Scott's wearing a Duke Blue Devils t-shirt. Uh, because he's a dookie and uh, under his little name tag thing, it says coach K today. Yeah. You can always tell uh, it's Wednesday that we're shooting this. If you see me in some sort of college shirt, uh, because that's what we do here on Wednesdays, it's college day. And so we talked about this, I think maybe last week that I've got an array of these type of things. And so if you see it on the podcast, then you know that we shot this on a Wednesday. And I am a Duke guy. I'm a Coach K guy. Matter of fact, I got a picture in my office right there of uh, me and Coach K. And uh, it's nice and framed. Next, next, I wish I could show it to you, but it's uh, uh, very cool. Next to an art, artist rendering of Coach K. So maybe, maybe next week we can bust out the Coach K photo. But apparently he's retired to Jerome. That's what he's done in retirement. So yes, he has. He has become, uh, you know, a, a very controversial figure here in Jerome. So, um, He's he's doing what he does best in the middle of things. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, it's not going to be just the two of us talking today no. on the Magic Valley Prepcast. We're we're very excited to to bring in a guest here. Um, we we don't do this often, but when it's a big story or or a big topic, we like to bring in outside uh, perspective. And so let's welcome to the program the head football coach from Raft River High School, Chad Evans. Coach Evans, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. So let's talk about uh, your team. You got uh, a bit of a late start to the season. You didn't actually get to kick off until week two. You were supposed to play in week one at the Idaho eight-man classic against Lapway. But but what happened there? You know, I, I, I don't want to dig into that too much. I think they had some personnel issues up there, some dudes that transferred, some kids that got hurt and and they just called us or called Randy, our athletic director, and just said, hey, you know, we're out. We're not doing it. So we were we were supposed to play that week one in the eight-man classic, and then we're supposed to have a bye last, the next week being last week. And, you know, so we had to scramble kind of last minute to make that work, to not have not, you know, we didn't want to wait till week three to have our first game. Right. And Scott, as an athletic director yourself, you know how filling a date can be kind of tricky. Um, and luckily Raft River was able to do that. Yeah. I mean, you get in those situations. I mean, it is full on panic mode because now you're relying on all these other schools to have an opening and most of them don't, you know? And so you find out real quickly who your friends are, don't you coach? <laughs> yes. Yes. And with this, uh, and with this max prep ranking that the state's gone to, you know, they won't come out and admit it, but we've got it figured out that it doesn't favor us at all as a D one school to go play a D two school. Yeah, it would have been a game, but we were really searching for another D1 school. So, so you end up uh, replacing that that game against Lapway with another team from their conference, Kamii. How, how did that all get set up and figured out? Um, honestly, you know, like I said, it was it was pretty pretty late on. It was only three four weeks maybe before we were supposed to be in Middleton at the eight man deal and. Randy called me one day. Randy was cutting some hay for somebody, and he said, "Hey, man, 
you know, the eight man classic ain't going to happen. What do you want to do? And I said, we're not waiting until week three. And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm cutting hay for about the next week. I'm not going to be much help to you. Start looking at some schedules and see what the options are. And I found that Kamii had it open. And I think Coach Nels and Randy are, are good enough friends and acquaintances that I called Randy and I said, hey, Kamii's got it open. Let's see what we can do. And Randy and Nels worked it out from there. Well, it sounds like uh, that was everything was falling into place. Yes, and sir. We're going to make a safe trip up there. No problems to play a game. Easy fixed, but it wasn't so easy, was it? No, you know, that's the idea that we want to make an easy trip. But, and I think that's kind of why I wanted, you know, reached out to you guys too, is, is just the state we live in and the generosity of people. Uh, you know, when, where does it stop? Where does it begin? I don't know, but yeah, we, we got on the bus. I, I sat down, I had this, this flight plan scheduled out. I knew when we were leaving, I knew where we were stopping for bathroom breaks, the whole deal. And boy, that did not happen like we wanted it to. <laughs> so what did happen on this trip? <laughs> so we left Malda at six in the morning as scheduled, stopped in mountain home bathroom and breakfast as scheduled and then that's about all that went as scheduled so we got <laughs> we got out of mountain home almost boise area uh rawhide clark is our bus driver and he really loves taking he doesn't even work other than trips he doesn't even work for casual school district he his profession is with the blm but he loves taking sporting trips loves doing stuff like that Rawhide's driving us as usual, and uh, just outside of Mountain Home, he, or just outside Boise, excuse me, he gets a check engine light. And because of my, you know, I teach a heavy equipment uh, diesel class here at the Tech Center in Burley. In my previous life, I twisted wrenches for Kenworth for about 10 years, so I feel like I have a general knowledge of diesel engines and mechanical stuff. And he hollered at me and said, hey, come look at this. And we're cruising down the freeway still. And I said, well, let's just keep going and see. And a little further, we get more lights and we get more bells and whistles. And I said, all right, you better land this thing. So we're Caldwell area by then, almost Caldwell. He lands it in a Flying J parking lot. And I get out and give it the once over, but you know, everything's so electronic nowadays, you can't do anything without a computer. And I didn't have the stuff I needed to hook up to it. So, you know, I, I made some phone calls and this is, you know, kind of where the generosity begins. I, like I said, I used to work for Kenworth. And so I called Doug Davidson from Kenworth and Caldwell, good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. And I said, Hey, Doug, we're in a situation here. Like, can you help us out? Oh, absolutely. So he puts us in contact with Rob, who's the service manager there in Caldwell. Rob got us right in the shop and I know they're busy and I know they're short on technicians. It's just the world we live in. They got us right in, hooked a computer up to it. And I, I failed to get the, the technician's name, but man, we scan it okay, it could possibly be this or it could possibly be that. But if it's that, we can't get the part for three or four days. And I said, well, let's gamble that it's this and get back on the road. So he, 
he does a few things, resets some codes, and and almost almost by inspiration, I'm going to call it inspiration. That's what it was. We're sitting there at the Kenworth shop, and Coach Jones from Oakley calls me, and they're on their way to Cambridge. Or he texts me, excuse me, and just says, hey, coincidentally, hey, safe travels. Good luck today. And I kind of unloaded on him through a text. I'm like, well, safe travel part's out the window. <laughs> so, said, how much room you got on your bus? <laughs> well, not much, but we can make something work. Anyways, carry on. We we reset some codes, hope for the best, carry on. We pushed a Weezer, uh, starts doing it again. Bus is losing power. You know, it's going into limp mode, protecting itself. And I called Jones. I called him at this point in time, and I said, hey, like, legitimately, how much room you got on that bus? Like, we can drop you in Cambridge, and we can make some stuff work. And when we broke down the first time, Rawhide called the bus garage back in Burley and said, hey, get a bus coming. You know, we don't know what's going to happen here. Get another bus coming. So they're already on their way. We get to Weezer. Still more problems again, falling on its face. We feed the kid, the feed the kids lunch, and Rawhide reaches out to the mechanic from the bus garage. It's bringing us the second bus, and they're like they're just barely getting to Glen's Ferry, and we're looking at the clock and looking at how much time we still have to travel. And this, if it works, it's going to be tight. And Vicky, our transportation supervisor here at Casia School District, reaches out to Weezer School District. And, you know, because we're right there, we're sitting at McDonald's and Weezer. And again, you know, the generosity comes in. Uh, Wade Wilson, William, I think it's Wilson. He's their superintendent at Weezer. Like the dude shows up. They're on a four-day school week. This is Friday. He shows up in his personal outfit at McDonald's. Make sure we're okay. Hey, you know, we got a bus coming, and they bring us a bus and a driver. The driver had been mowing his lawn like he still had grass clippings on his pants, and he just jumped in his bus, and you bet. Came and loaded us up. Weezer takes us to Grangeville, where we had a hotel set up for the night. Gets us to Grangeville, and uh, as this is still carrying on, I reach out to Coach Nels at Cameo. I said, hey, man, here's what's going on. Can we push this game to 7.30 just in case? Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. All these last-minute changes, we get that done. Weezer driver gets us to Grangeville. We get into the hotel. I contact Rawhide. He's got the new bus. He's on his way to us. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, yeah, we can make this work. So I sent the Weezer driver on home, thanked him. What, you know, what a dude. I mean, he was on his day off and he just jumped into action, rescued us. The kids just hung out in the hotel for about an hour and a half. Rawhide shows up with about 15 minutes to spare. We smoke on into Kamii, play the game. Like, it was awesome. That's a great team. And then after the game, lo and behold, their Kamii Chamber of Commerce or City Council or something has got like 25 pizzas sitting on our bus for us. So we ain't even got to go find dinner. I mean, 
I, I hauled 21 kids up there and we walk on the bus to 25 pizzas. So the kids did not go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then on the way back, no trouble. Oh, a little, but not as much. <laughs> we did have to stop a couple times coming down Whitebird and shut the bus off and restart it. And but oh, we made it home. The trip home was a lot faster than the trip up there. Oh my word! So what? I mean, your focus on the way up there has got to be on everything but football. You know, yeah. and, and you know the kids are getting a little bit antsy as to what's going on. Are we even going to play? Right. As a coach and having been a coach for almost 30 years, when your attention gets taken away from the game, that's an added element of stress that you are having as a coach, because if you make it there, you've got to refocus this group. Yeah. Football game. You bet. How did that process go? You know, um, that was actually in the locker room. We got there in enough time for the kids to go out on the field just in their shirts and jeans and just, just run around for a second, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And then I said, all right, boys, it's time to go to work. And and as they were getting dressed, that was kind of my message to them, honestly, is I said, you know, fellas, someday I, I hope all you guys grow up and have families of your own and, you know, become good, productive citizens of this world and this state of ours. But so there's going to be days when you have a sick kid, when your basement floods or you have water trouble or something like that. And guess what, guys, you still got to get up and go to work the next morning. You can you can be burning on two hours of sleep and you still got to get up and go to work. That's just real life. And I said it's time to get up and go to work. We need to put everything that just happened behind us. We need to get up and go to work. So that was my message. Yeah, kind of an uh, adapt and overcome. Yes, That's sir. Yep. You know, and hopefully and I'm sure that you kind of pushed this on your kids was all of the people, like you said, jumped into action along the way uh, that shows basically just kind of the, the human nature of people, the, the kindness that people have towards one another. And, and in those situations, you know, you hope that that's the message that gets through. And then if somebody else is ever in trouble, that your boys jump into action, just like people did for them on this trip. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What a great state we live in. What generous people that I mean, nobody had to do what they did. Nobody, but they all did. And it worked out with about 15 minutes to spare, honestly. Right. Right. And you know, the cool thing about it is your arch rival Oakley. Yeah. Was one of those people that were ready to Absolutely. help out. They were ready to get you where you needed to go by taking on their, their rivals on a crowded bus to make sure you got to a game. And I think, I think that's worth mentioning. Too because, you know, some things are bigger than the game. Some things are bigger than rivalries. And, uh, and I think when you look at raft river versus Oakley and, you know, I mean, all we have to do is look at all the games that you guys have played, yeah. that, you know, I think the friendships and the camaraderie and, you know, the brotherhood that exists between those two schools oftentimes gets overlooked. I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's, you know, that this class I teach at the tech center here in Burley, it draws in Draft River, Oakley, Declo, Valley, and Burley schools. And that, you know, and that's what I, that's what I tell them kids. And it's all in joking and they know it, but I tell them, you know, I'm only going to hate you for one week out of the year. 
in the last couple of years, it's been two weeks out of the year. But other than that, we can be friends. So, <laughs> No, they're good people and they're so generous. And yeah, Brennan and I were trying to figure out how we were going to get 54 kids and their equipment on one bus, but we'd have figured it out. We would have. <laughs> yeah. And as we talked about, then you have to show up and, and play a game. Yeah. And your team goes out and plays well and gets a 46 to 20 win all the way up in Kamii on a, on a really long road trip. I mean, yeah. take us through the game and what happened. You know, d- despite it all, I, I felt like we did come out a little flat, but that Kamii team's for real. Like that D-line they got is – they're impressive. They're big and they're fast. And, you know, I made a comment to the other coaches when the captains were out for the coin toss – all four of Kamii's captains had our captains buy a full helmet and we had our headsets on. And I just said in the headset to the other coaches, I said, are we ever going to be the biggest team on the field? And coach hit said, we never have. I don't know why we'd start now. And man, they're, they're impressive and they're going to do some good things up North this year. That's a, that's a good team. But like I said, considering everything they went through, I was very pleased with how my kids responded. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your team. Who are some of the leaders um, that community members can look forward to watching as the season progresses? Oh, Tate Whitaker, quarterback, he's going to do good things. Um, the kid's just got a head on his shoulders, and he, he can see the game and, and knows what we're trying to do. Um, Gabe Briggs at receiver, if, if it's catchable, the kid's going to catch it. Um, Cole Spencer in the backfield. I mean, he did what he did last year, and we've got him back again. Like, I'm excited for Cole. Alex Murillo's in the backfield, too, and we've got some dudes. You know, Treg Whitaker, he's such an emotional and just a a solid, solid leader for our team. And the dude's playing like we start him at line. He's been a running back for three years, started him on the line this year, but – as soon as the running back goes down, we sub him out and we put him back in the backfield. And he's Tate's backup. He's Tate's twin, but he's also our backup quarterback. I mean, it's eight-man football in Idaho. Kids have got to know multiple positions. they got to be fluent at multiple positions. And and we got some dudes that can do it. You know, the, the funny thing about, you know, eight-man football, and if you anybody that's watched our podcast before, you know, we come back to saying, or at least I come back to saying the same thing, uh, about places like Rap River and Oakley is that they are the the last Americana, right? They are the blue collar, hardworking farm kids that just know how to get things done. And when they go to practice or they have things like this happen, you know, practice will be the easiest thing that they do that day. You bet. Right? You bet. So, yeah. And that speaks that speaks volumes to the community that these kids are raised in. Yeah, it does. I agree. I agree. I think I think a lot of kids come to football because it's easier than what mom and dad are. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> yeah, there's truth to be said that to yeah. that, you know, and, and looking ahead to you know this year's uh, conference, it's it's looks a little different this year. You have a new player in town. Yeah, we got a couple, and yeah, and they're you pretty know, handy too. It's it's pretty loaded conference. This conference is something else right now. And the last two years, it's been Raft River and Oakley in the state title game, you know, which is 
kind of, you know, uh, speaks to that rivalry, so to speak, you know, and, sure. um, and, and that's why I wanted to make it a point to, to our listeners and viewers that Oakley was, even though it's been Raft River Oakley in the state title game, they were on board to help you guys out through all of this. Um, but looking ahead to the conference this year, uh, it is going to be a dogfight. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun in that conference. Yeah, yeah. Whoever can come out of this conference alive, I think is going to do some big things, some really big things. And, you know, it might be two of us from this conference again. So it's hard to say. Yeah, I seem to remember two or three years ago, three of the four teams in the final four were all from your district. It was you guys in Oakley and Lighthouse. And we could see something similar again. You actually play lighthouse this friday and that'll be a good test and i mean it's a gauntlet it's lighthouse at oakley valley at glensbury murtaugh a non-conference game at butte county oh all they did was you know <laughs> get to the final four last year that's it <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then and then you wrap up in carry the new the new kid on the block at the 1a d1 level what a gauntlet oh boy oh boy yeah there's not there's no there's no week off this year like it's a go time yeah, and you almost got two weeks off to start the season. Almost, yeah. <laughs> well, we are certainly glad that you were able to get that game in. Um, anybody that has never traveled up to Kamii, there's it's not like you're on four lane interstate. You're on some windy highways, and you don't you don't want to break down anywhere along the way. So we're glad you were able to get up there. Yeah, yeah. What what a bunch of generous people that helped us get there. It was it's pretty amazing. Definitely. Well, we definitely want to wish you and your team best of luck. Uh, Friday night against Lighthouse, but throughout the rest of the season as well. And hopefully we're checking back in as we get to the postseason and we can see how Raft River's doing. Okay, appreciate that. All right. Chad Evans, head coach of the Raft River Trojans. What an incredible story. Want to know with a big asterisk attached to it in terms of what it took to get that one win. But what an incredible journey. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep. Take care. All right, Scott, there you go. Chad Evans, the um, the head coach from Raft River. What, yeah. a, what a crazy story. And yeah. this is this is what you we say it so often, right? You go beyond the box score. Because if you just look and you go, oh, yeah, Raft River won 46 to 20. What a nice win. But without that context, I mean, you have no idea what the team went through. No, and that's exactly what we're trying to do on this podcast, you know, is, is beyond the box score. I mean, that's kind of our mantra, you know, just uh, – what are the stories behind the scenes? And, and this is perfect, you know, and it, and it speaks volumes to the kind of communities that we live in. You know, I, I think it, I think that message alone just says so much uh, about Idaho schools and Idaho communities that, uh, you know what, Hey, forget the game, man. Let's, let's take care of these people first. So yeah, big thanks to uh, coach Evans for reaching out to us uh, with that story, because that's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, he's a pretty good storyteller too. You know, the bus yeah. driver showed up with grass clippings still on his pants. <laughs> I know. I was I was on the edge of my seat, just going, "Man, this guy's painting a good picture." Yeah, it was uh, quite entertaining. Just I loved listening to that. Yeah, spun a good yarn for sure. Well, before we duck out, we did want to check in on just a couple of other, you know, kind of big stories from the past week. Um, in football, to me, the most impressive result I saw was the Twin Falls football team. Scott, they they played Idaho Falls, which is back down at the four A level this year. Um, and Idaho Falls led after three quarters, 22 to 13, but then twin falls scores three times in the fourth quarter to 
pull ahead and, and pull out the win. First, James Norlander runs in a six-yard touchdown. Then Idaho Falls is punting. Twin Falls blocks the punt. J.P. Griffith recovers it for a touchdown. So now Twin Falls has jumped in front. And then finally, they put the game away on another touchdown run from Norlander from seven yards out. Norlander rushed for 123 yards in the victory. Twin Falls now off to a 2-0 start with a hard-fought come-from-behind win over a pretty good Idaho Falls team. It was a a good win for head coach Ben Coring and his squad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and those are the kind of wins that can be used as springboards pushing you forward throughout the season. I mean, you get a come-from-behind fourth-quarter win no matter at what point in the season. Those kinds of things do wonders for a team because – you, you go into the fourth quarter facing a deficit. Well, you came back from one. If that is ever happening again, you draw from that experience. So that's a, that's a big win for twin, you know, not just for the two and all record, but for what it does for a team moving forward. And this twin falls team, you know, is nobody to, to sleep on because Minico's getting all the attention right now uh, because they're the, they're the ones that have everybody back, but this conference with, Twin and Minico and and Burley making some noise. This is going to be a really interesting conference, but don't don't sleep on Twin. They're pretty dang good this year. Definitely. Minico did lose 21 to 20 to Ridgeline, Utah. Minico had a 20 to 13 lead late in the game, but Ridgeline got a late touchdown and then Minico threw an interception on their last ditch effort, but uh, no shame there. I got to see Burley in person. You know, they put up 62 points for the second week in a row and a big win over uh, Valley View. Gatlin Bear was our IdahoSports.com player of the game. Uh, their offense uh, certainly looks good, and, and Caleb Loveland is a kid who can really throw the deep ball uh, really well. So Burley will be a, a team we'll continue to monitor. And if Twin Falls fans want to watch the Bruins in action, we will have them this Friday night on IdahoSports.com as Twin Falls travels to Pocatello. It's the uh, debut of Pocatello's brand-new turf field, lookout field. Uh, I'll be on the call for it, so I'll be able to come back next week and tell you what I saw from Twin Falls. And um, if you remember last year, they they nearly beat Pocatello. You know, Pocatello got through the regular season undefeated, but, you know, they only beat Twin Falls. I think it was 21 to 13, so it was a really good game last year. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be a really good one to call. And, you know, plus on top of that, new turf field. I mean, come on. You don't have to be searching for uh, faded paint on the grass. And there's just something to be said about those turf fields that are becoming very popular, um, but also very expensive, too, from, <laughs> from an athletic director standpoint. Definitely. And I will say, speaking of turf, Burley uh, got new turf put in this offseason sure. as well. Uh, their athletic director, Randy Wynn, told me it's the same turf that the University of Washington put in on there. Oh, wow. So when you're using the same stuff as UW, you're uh, you're doing it right. So yeah, you're going places. You know, that that facility there is just absolutely top notch. You know, they have put some a lot of effort into a lot of money into that. And it is it, it looks good. That's what everybody's trying to get to is that facility. So and now they've got an offense that's a video game that uh, that matches the the uh, awesomeness of the facility too. So uh like you said, keep an eye on them because I think they're going to make some noise. And you know, the funny thing is, um, I can't remember who I was talking to, but you know, for the longest time, that that uh, Minico Burley game has been just kind of a lopsided blowout fest in favor of Minico for about the last eighty-five years. It seems this year might be a little different. Um, people are going to get a little jazzed up. Not that the 
you know, it, it could be 8-0 versus 0-8, and the stands are going to be packed for that. That's just an, an ultimate rivalry, regardless of record. But the parity might be a little bit closer than it's been in years past. So keep an eye on that one. Yeah, uh, you know, Burley hasn't won there since the early 2000s in, the, in that rivalry matchup with Minico. I can't remember how many uh, games in a row it is. And kind of the same thing in volleyball, you know, last week, except it's reverse. Burley beat Minico for the 16th time in a row in volleyball last week. So, you know, these rivalries uh, are a little one-sided right now, but uh, I'm confident both schools will will get it turned around and, and get it figured out. I wanted to touch on girls golf real quick. Uh, that is a, a new thing this fall for the 5A and 4A schools. And for our purposes, the 4A schools in the Magic Valley, the Minico Invitational was held last week at the Rupert Country Club. And boy, the Twin Falls girls ran away with the team title. Uh, they finished 50 strokes ahead of Minico, the second place team. Absolute dominance out of the game. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's like your front nine score, isn't it? I mean, it's like they, they beat everybody by your front nine. <laughs> but uh, I mean, twin year in and year out, twin is loaded in golf. They just have it going on. They have got kids over there that just play golf. And that is an impressive win because there are some decent schools in our conference. Canyon Ridge is no slouch. Minico, you know, has some good teams as well. So, I mean, that is huge. And, and you say 50 shots. People don't understand that in, in girls golf like that, that is a lot. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Ava Schroeder of Twin Falls was the uh, individual medalist as well. She shot a 76. You know, she played soccer last year on that state championship winning team, and I haven't been able to check and see if she's doing both golf or soccer or if she had to make make the choice. I know school districts are attacking this differently. Pocatello, for example, Julian Bowie, standout basketball player and was a great wide receiver on the football team last year. Well, he also golfs, and they said, you have to pick one. And he said, okay, I'm going to go golf. See you later. <laughs> so well, I, I tell you what, I mean, we try to push our kids. I mean, I'm not, not we as in like school, but like we as a parents, you know, we try to push our kids towards golf a little bit. And, and I'm telling you, if you are a, especially a female golfer and you are firing a 76 in high school, you've got scholarships waiting for you. And plus that's something that's going to last forever, you know, beyond graduation, into your, into your adulthood, to your golden years, whatever, you're going to be out on the golf course, you know? And so kids are realizing that the golf is really popular and it's, it's a place that a lot of kids are gravitating to. Yeah. It's, it's uh, really exciting to, to watch uh, twin falls and we'll keep an eye on Ava Schroeder this year as well in terms of individual races. Um, and then I did want to mention in volleyball, it was the Peg Peterson invitational in Highland uh, last week in Pocatello. Uh, one of the biggest regular season tournaments of the year, Kimberly got all the way to the championship match against the hosts from Highland and the Rams had to beat the Bulldogs, not once, but twice in a row to win the titles. Kimberly made Highland earn it. That's a three a up against a five a. And so Kimberly with a runner up finish is uh, pretty awesome to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Hats off to Kimberly. You know, that's uh, representing the uh, district four and magic Valley very, very well. You know, I mean, Kimberly is powerhouse and just about everything, but you know, that's making some noise at a very special volleyball tournament that is so well run um, that it's something everybody wants to be part of, you know? So first of all, congrats to Kimberly second hats off to the organizers and runners 
of the Peg Peterson because I hear nothing but good things about how that tournament's run. So they set the bar pretty high for you, Scott. You've got the Jerome Invitational coming up this Saturday. Um, what? Give, give us a preview of what maybe we can expect to see in terms of this volleyball tournament at Jerome on Saturday. Well, th- this particular tournament has been cut in half uh, this year. Uh, we usually get about 14 teams in it. Um, you know, we're not using multiple venues like Peg Peterson. I mean, if Peg Peterson, if, if we're a, a varsity volleyball tournament, the Peg Peterson is a varsity volleyball tournament on steroids, you know, so we are not anywhere near that. It's just a nice little local thing that we do. But um, we had our auxiliary gym flood right at the end of the school year. And so we are without that until probably the first week of October. And so we're using one gym. So we had to cut the tournament in half from like 14 teams to just eight teams using two nets and one gym. And uh, that's going to happen on Saturday, uh, pool play. Uh, we'll have the winner's bracket or championship bracket after that. But it's a lot of fun. It goes very quickly. And, uh, I mean, we have people that really want to get into this thing because it's just a one-day deal. And, um, you know, you don't have to worry about hotels. You don't have to worry about too much of anything. And that's why this particular tournament is, is popular down here, you know, just because it's quick, it's easy, and it's one day. And varsity yeah. only. Right. And you've got a wide variety of teams, right? Jerome obviously is going to be there. I think what Mountain Home will be there for four A's. And then you've got um, Buell, a three A and even some two A schools like uh, the Cutthroats from Sun Valley Community School. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got to, I mean, Lighthouse will be here. Uh, Weezer, Gooding, Mountain Home, Community School, Nampa, uh, Buell. You know, I mean, we we have an array of teams that are showing up and they usually represent very well and, and have an awesome time. So yeah, this will be the cutthroats first go at the uh, Jerome invitational and we're excited to see them play. Um, It'll be a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun at this tournament. All right. Well, we'll expect a full report from you, Scott, on next week's uh, prep cast, but we're also going to on next week's prep cast, we'll kind of do the same where we're going to talk about one big topic and then we'll pepper in just a couple of quick, quick hitters of things we observed next week. We're, we, we promised we were going to do some research into this and we're going to, we're going to tackle it next week. The, the officiating problems that are popping up, not just in district four, but all over the state in terms of shortages of officials and games having to be moved. And it's, it's a mess and a headache right now. So. Yeah, no question about it. In fact, uh, 10 minutes before we hopped on the air here, I had to move a volleyball game because there were not enough officials on that day, you know? So yeah, we're going to dive into this. And I've been talking to some commissioners and people that uh, are very in the know on all of this stuff. And, uh, Interesting what they've all got to say, and we're going to talk about all that next week. Definitely. All right. Well, it's my job to update all that on IdahoSports.com, Scott. So what did you have to change? I'll, I'll mark oh, yeah. it down. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Huh? You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, breaking news, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, volleyball with Burley on the 20th of September has been moved to the 21st. Okay. Sounds same, good. Oh. Same bat time, same bat channel, just a different date. All right. Hey, sounds like a, sounds like a plan. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Magic Valley Prepcast. Um, great 
conversation this week. And again, that's what we want moving forward. So if you're a fan or a coach or an athlete out there and there's a story you want to share with us or you think we should be talking about, send send us an email, brandon at idahosports.com. And uh, that's what Coach Evans did. He reached out and said, hey, I'd really like to share this with you. And, you know, that's what we're looking for. So, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, remember the kind of the unofficial mantra of this particular podcast behind the box score. You got something there. We would love to hear it. Definitely. All right. Well, Scott, uh, good luck this weekend at the uh, Jerome invite running that tournament. And uh, we'll, we'll see you back here again next week for another edition of the Magic Valley Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com.